Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. Thank you for being here. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here, as always, with editor at the Free Beacon and my buddy, Vic Mattis. Hi, Vic. Hello, Mary Catherine. How are you? What's going on? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm, I continue to be on my fitness journey, you know? You I'm mean like a New Year's resolution fitness journey? Yeah, New Year's resolution, postpartum, trying to, trying oh, to yes, come back. Oh, yes, I'm making of course, a comeback. the baby, yes. Yes, uh, I'm making a comeback. And, uh, and for me, that just looks like... I haven't been working out. I wasn't working out a lot while I was pregnant and then postpartum. You're not supposed to. Uh, so I've been slowly ramping back up because I don't like feeling weak and I feel weak. Atrophy. Yes. So I need, I need my deltoids back. I need all the thing. And my quads are tiny. My quads are tiny right now. <laughs> you think really after supporting the baby, you think the quads are, have begun to atrophy. The quads are much smaller. And this is, I was sick during my pregnancy, so I just wasn't able to do much. And that's okay. That's okay. But that's not my goal in life. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be thin. That's not what I'm but, looking for. I'm looking for quads. You know, but you, yes, yes. You, uh, so uh, meat, meat on the bone. Yes. Uh, but, but it's funny because you're saying that, you know, I'm going to slowly get into it. And of course, what are you doing? Orange Theory? <laughs> yes, I'm doing yeah. three days a week of Orange oh, Theory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's slow. It's, but, it's, but there was a ramp up. There was a ramp up in <laughs> January of some light Peloton. Kept it chill. Because I do yes. not want to injure myself. And I am old enough. Peloton bike. Yes. I am old enough that I, if I injure myself, that will put me out for a while. So we do not want to do yes, that. It's true. Uh, so I'm trying to avoid that. I'm taking it sort of easy. The the weights are sort of low. I'm walking on the treadmill. I'm not being unsafe, everybody. But I did make a mistake last night, which is uh, so I, I planned a, I planned a workout for six fifteen this morning. Mm-hmm. First mistake. It's fine. I made it. It happens. I, I made it to the workout. Mm-hmm. That's that's the most important thing. I, I have an accountability partner, Lauren, who, who meets me there. So I knew that I had to be there. And then I start doing some squats with the – I'm lifting weights and I feel very drained. I do not feel great. It's okay. Drink some water. Yeah. Keep it chill. You're supposed I, to feel some pain. No yes, pain. Yeah, that's fine. I gut it out, but I'm just not feeling – I'm feeling drained. Mm-hmm. The muscles are not working the way that I would like them to. So I get home. After picking up Starbucks, naturally, because I'm allowed to a have... A lot of nutrients like, that's there. A, yeah. That's a big treat for me it's, after... It's after. nourishment. Uh, so I go home with my Starbucks, and I talk to Steve, and he's like, well, what'd you eat for dinner last night? And I said, ah, like four Ritz crackers with cream cheese. That was a mistake. That's not dinner. No, that was not dinner. That and should be my dinner. I had So here's the problem. I'm working on something... And when I get to working on something, particularly writing, I disregard a lot of my other needs for a while. Not because I have an unhealthy relationship with food or anything. I actually like, uh, I like to think I model a very healthy appetite for my children. (laughs) But because my focus is so fleeting that it is like a great gift from God when it is given to me. And I can't interrupt myself. I have to keep working. (laughs) This is extremely personal, but I'll share it anyway. Uh, because that's what podcasts are for, for as you for know. It. If I'm in the zone, yeah. right, and all of a sudden, like, the light bulb goes off, um, like, oh, I know exactly what I need to write. Oh, yeah, it's coming together. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I, mean, just, I mean, just number one. Just number one. But it's like all of a sudden, it's like all of a sudden you get tiny blood. I'm like, oh, you know. I, that's a, so I, I now interpret it as a sign of progress if I do have to go to the gotcha. bathroom. I'm like, oh, oh, excuse me. Let me go right now. Yeah, and, no, then, go. and then I come back and I'm like, oh, what was I writing? Oh, no, yes. I'm just kidding. I don't so I, I didn't think about it. Yeah, it's true. Okay. I didn't think about it, Mm -hmm. and I had the crackers, and that was basically it. So, you know, 
I'm now your coach. You're Don't famished. do that if you're trying to build muscle and work out. That's not smart. Some people, like my father-in-law, who's very wiry, and he's now he's now 80. Uh, he will, you know, when he'd come back, you know, he'd go to work in the morning. He was he he was a urologist, and he'd come back in the middle of the day and be doing his rounds and office hours. And and Kate says he would, you know, come home and just do Ritz cracker yeah. and some peanut butter, and then go back to work. Oh my and it's not enough. You need I, no, calories. No, that's 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 a snack. That's but it's, obviously it's what I should be working on, and I have not been able to uh, um, get as much exercise as I want to because I keep on blaming the weather. Yeah, that's, but in the that's last, it's a move. It's a move, and the last couple of days, but I'm still doing the planking, lifting, and, and push-ups and there things. There you go. That's gains. But it's that counts. something. Yes, it's something. So I'm trying to make up for that three days a week. There you um, go. But I also have the kids. For the next, for yesterday and today, because Kate is in the middle of her work, they're doing all these interviews for potential fellows for the program uh, that she's involved in. And she said to me, so it's, you know, she's out in the morning, then she doesn't come back to like after nine at night. So I've got the full thing with the kids. And she said to me, oh, you know, these things, she goes, I get all anxious. I get nervous. I said, wait a minute. You're the one interviewing. Right. These kids who are applying for fellowships, right? And, and they need these. You fellowships. own this room, yes. Kate. And you're the one getting nervous. And I thought I said, do, do interviewers get nervous? Probably not anymore. These kids today. I can't. I can't remember uh, the last time I was in that situation of being interviewed for a job and that feeling of being nervous. Was that yeah. you? How did you? Did I, you used to get nervous? Well, I will say Ish. first that I do get nervous around college students when I'm going into huh. a college environment. Only, only because well, a it's like hello, fellow kids. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just because I'm on a college campus, I'm afraid or just nervous about the reception and how how big these students' preconceptions about me are oh, sure. before oh, I start yeah. talking oh, well, to them. Oh, you gave your talk at Georgetown. Right. So yeah. I get a little nervous about that. It always turns out better than I think it will. I don't know why I still get nervous about it. But as an, inter- <laughs> as an interviewee, right, interviewee, yes, pr- yes. as an interviewee, uh, I think I'm a little too chill. I think that's my downfall. I'm like, oh, that. I'm just gonna sit here and uh, and shoot the shit, and but, everybody's but it, gonna be charmed. That's it, what I'm gonna do. But it clearly works. I mean, I guess here I am, <laughs> as my are. as my as my husband says, with the job as a professional chit chatter, which is as 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 sort of um, maybe uh, sad. It sounds that it that actually is my well, job. I think about when this, he says it, yeah. I think I think is that giving the right amount of dignity to my profession? But in fact, that is what I do. Well, I you know what it, it's it is now something to aspire to, because here we are. We have this platform, and maybe we'll one day have as many listeners as Joe Rogan or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could. We got a lot for you on the show today. Oh, we do. We do. We have a, a Rogan update because that's the number one news story. For the next month, I think. Uh, we have uh, a Chinese artist is censored on a U.S. campus. We have the mask battles continued. And you're going to not be surprised which side is winning, Vic. <laughs> and I'm we have surprised. the Olympics are on. And uh, New York school lunch is getting even worse. Mm-hmm. So we'll have all that for you on the show today. But first, but first, actually my first update before the Rogan update. Sweaters. Still itchy. <laughs> oh, a sweater update. Tried one the other day. Keep keep buying them at the thrift store. Hold on, are you wearing underneath, anything underneath the sweater? Like if you're wearing a wool sweater, it's like so, a hair shirt. Yes, yeah, no, totally, totally. I, I understand that. Yeah. Here's the problem. As I've said, the ones that are trendy and cute are heavy, uh-huh. and it's not really cold enough for that here. As one of our listeners informed me, she's correct. So if you want to wear like a long sleeve layer plus the wool sweater, you're going to be 
warm. But dang, the thing is so cute. So I keep picking them up at the thrift store and then I put them on and I'm like, this looks cute. 10 minutes later, I am either warm or itchy. I don't want to do it anymore. But it looks good. It does. It does. As do the boots that I got at the thrift store the other day. Anyway, okay. So now to Rogan. Very good. <laughs> Phew. I'm so I just, glad we got that out of the way. That needed yeah. to be said. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I wear, by the way, I, 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 I don't buy enough sweaters because I tend to recycle and I'm always the same color because yeah. I like navy blue. I just have that tendency to. But I've got some, you know, uh, great ones if, if, if you want uh, something from Structure. Oh, there we so, go. Yeah. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, retro. <laughs> Structure. Yeah. Structure. Oh, yeah. that's good. Do you have some rugby shirts yeah, from yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, Oh, I love those things. Those, those are rugby shirts. Those are about to be in. That's the era that is in. Oh, that's it. I'm yeah, dig them out and wear them. my khakis, too. Yeah, really exciting. your giant blousey khakis. That was the look. That was the For look. For women, it was terrible. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, Joe Rogan, the most important news story in the history of news stories. Uh, really, how long is this news cycle has been... A week and a half now from Neil Young, yeah, uh, it feels like yeah. It started with started with Neil Young. Now we're in a in a different phase. Okay, several artists have left Spotify uh, in protest of the fact that Spotify paid a hundred million dollars to have Joe Rogan's very 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 popular podcast mm-hmm. on its network exclusively. So. Rogan says in the first round of responses to this criticism, when Neil Young leaves, when Joni Mitchell leaves, he says, I'm fans of both of those artists. I'm, I'm sad that this is happening to Spotify over uh, alleged medical misinformation right. from a couple of interviews that he did about coronavirus with people who were outside the mainstream of thought on that issue in the medical community. So then the, the race is on. The race is on, Vic. The cancellation has not worked yet. And so people start digging. And he has about 12 to 15 years of podcasts to dig through. So the the new... finding things. So the new installment this week was a compilation of Joe Rogan using the N-word over and over again. Now in the compilation, obviously, this looks very bad. Because using the Mm N-word is Mm -hmm. not good. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm your life coach. Yes. Eat before you work out. Don't use the N-word. Yes. These sweaters are itchy. Or something under them. <laughs> so uh, so he responds to this with an apology. Mm. That's, uh, you know. The door is now open. Yes. Your mileage may vary on this. Uh, <laughs> about how about how serious you think the apology is. I, right. and, and whether he should have given it. Because, again, and I, I was a little concerned about this during the first response. Because once you say, I'll consider changing the show to help appease critics that's right it is a nose under the tent uh and then you run into some problems uh artists and comedians and whoever they are really need to stand up for the product that they do now in this case he seems genuinely sorry that he that he put out content that Mm -hmm. included the n-word now i do want to point out because i think it's important that his what he was discussing while using the n-word was they were all discussions of the use of the N-word. So they were not Yes. They were not like, hey, I'm just using it as a slur. Right. But that would be context. Well Yeah. Yes. Now and he says in his apology, at that time I thought it was okay for me to use the word in those contexts, yes. discussing, for instance, uh Red Fox uh using oh, sure. it on TV, discussing uh Richard Pryor using yes. it in his comedy. Yes. Uh, discussing how this word is a different word than any other word in the English mm-hmm. language because certain people can use it and it's fine and it can mm-hmm. be endearing and mm-hmm. cutting or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And then no one else is allowed to use it under any other circumstances. So he explains that that's what's going on. And then he deeply, deeply apologizes many, many times. So here we are now. 
Pulp Fiction, I like to throw that oh, in and there as well. Oh, and The Rock walked back to his oh, no. support after having heard oh. this part. So uh, Pulp Fiction as well, where, uh, yes. you know, uh, both white and black actors are using that word. And at the time, there there wasn't any uproar. And this is 1994, I think, 1995. Right. But you couldn't do that now. Even if you are uh, being an artist and trying to make a point about this, that, or the other, you just can't. Yes. Uh, and so he has – so he's begun – it's a slippery slope, though, with the apology. Because as you mentioned, um, I've seen this already, people saying what Spotify needs to do. We don't need to kick him out. We need to educate him. Oh. And oh. on what? And, but well, this so- has nothing to do with the vaccines. So had he not done any of the misinformation vaccine, nobody would have cared about this yeah. in Joe Rogan's show. Yeah. Except for now, I just it's think- what else can we find to get rid of him? And I don't know what else he can say or do that will placate anybody ever. I think they just want him gone. Well, right? I, I think so. that's the case. And the people who run, who run all the news organizations and the people who are anchors at the news organizations – don't like that he has this huge 11 million person audience and that people listen to him Mm -hmm. and that people trust him. Although I think they overestimate how much these people are like Joe Rogan automatons. They're, they're people who are listening listening to the podcast through conversation. Um, But yes, I think those folks have an issue with him. They will continue to drive this news cycle as far as it will go. And uh, I think again, like some of these podcasts are being, disappeared mm-hmm. from spotify they say with rogan's acquiescence but i'm not a huge fan of that either look like yeah. if you don't like part of your body of work and he seems to gen- genuinely mm-hmm. regret this say that mm-hmm. but must we disappear large yes. parts of the catalog like like the golden girls episode <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. which yes. was already trying to make the point you know but it doesn't matter so just, I don't like it. No, and as you know, the BBC has gone back to like old interviews, and they're just changing things now. So it is very, very 1984. Yes. Speaking of the 1984 tendencies, yes, to censor, yes, wrong think. Oh, George Washington University stepped in it this week. Oh boy, they stepped in it. Okay, here's what happened. Yeah, uh, there is a Chinese dissident artist. His name is it's a pseudonym. He goes by uh, Bada Chao, and he lives in. Australia, and he, as Beijing Olympics are opening the opening ceremony, he wants to speak out about this. Awareness. He thinks it's a problem that yeah. this human rights violator, huge human rights violator, uh, is 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 hosting the Olympics and gets this big moment in the sun. Uh, so he makes what are sort of the archetype of Olympics posters portraying various winter sports that satirize. The Beijing Olympics. So, for instance, uh, there's one of an ice skater uh, carving up the the flower on the Hong Kong flag, which is on the the ice in in blood. There is a curler, and the stone is the coronavirus, the spiky red (laughs) coronavirus. Setting it it forth. Yes, (laughs) sending it forth. There is a snowboarder shredding down a a CCTV camera to to signify the surveillance state. Mm -hmm. there's one about the Uyghurs. There's one about Hong Kong. You know, five of them. They show up at George Washington University. They're, they they also posters. Yes, posters. they look great, but they're they're very well done. They show up on George Washington University's campus in a couple of the buildings and communal areas, bulletin boards, the like. Um, this is very clearly protected political speech. free speech yeah. on a United States campus named after one of our founders, yeah. by the way, and yet. It caused a problem. And here's the problem it caused. 
some students, uh, including the Chinese uh, Students and Scholars uh, Association, uh, raised raised flags saying, hey, this is racist. This yeah. is racist against Chinese people, and it's discriminatory, and it's hurting people, and therefore it must go. Those students went straight to the brand new president of the university, whose name is Mark Wrighton, uh, and his first response was bad. It was bad, Vic. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the email. Yes, please. This is the email response to students who came directly to the president of an American university about this protest art. Please know that I am personally offended by the posters. I treasure the opportunity to work with talented people from all over the world, including China. Your reaching out to me is much appreciated, and we are working to have all of these offensive posters removed as soon as possible. I, too, am saddened by this terrible event, and we will undertake an effort to determine who is responsible. Sincerely, oh. Mark Wrighton. Who is responsible? Oh, wait. So, we know that that email is real, which was leaked by some of the students involved, uh, because the president then, after a day or so of, of calls Re- and, and, public, and, and public, uh, yeah. public outcry, and Bada Chow himself saying, hey, dudes, um, you could have me on campus to, to debate this. I'm happy mm-hmm. to come. Walked it back, thankfully. Walked it back by saying, oh, wait, hold. Mm-hmm. I, we didn't know that these were the posters in question. Which means the university just jumped to censor yeah. as opposed to jumping to defending free speech, this which is, is what they the, it's the, they've got it backwards. It's the very definition of the rush to judgment, yes. which is what they did. But they panic because there's a very angry woke mob and it's ready to, you know, as I've said before in previous shows, holding the woke wolf, you know, by the ears. And if you let go, that's it. And immediately this is what they did. You know, they went into panic mode and then they had to uh, react before getting all the facts. Yes. Uh, and here's Baritel, who I talked to this week, talking about the accusations against the art. They always try to mixing the very idea between uh, people, country, and government. Um, you see their narrative. The Chinese government always saying, you know, the CCP representing its people, representing the country. So if you're criticized CCP, you become anti-China. And if if this scenario is in the West. Uh, based environment, then you'll be accused as racist. So for me, I think it's really absurd because I am a Chinese. I'm a China-born, even though I'm not a Chinese citizen anymore. However, my identity is Chinese and I love my culture and I love the people who live in China. And I feel sad that my people have to suffer from this regime in a daily base. And my artists always focus on um, the crimes uh, and the problems of the government. It's never uh, created to kind of abuse its people or hurting um, the country itself. So for me, it's it's just a, a very sneaky and confusing um, and misleading narrative that the Chinese government very good at using. He goes on to say that uh, people in the U.S. and in Western countries are and and people who are acting mm-hmm. sometimes on behalf of the Chinese government are clever about using anti-racism to shut people up about China, including students who may be here studying who are from China, who are, of course, in some danger if they speak out. And I don't know that that's the case in this case. We don't know which students put those up. But if they were, Mm -hmm. then those students would certainly face problems if that were found out. Are they going to put the posters back up? 
Well, that was my question, Vic, because, and Baruchel has has, uh, tweeted to George Washington, hey, this is a nice start, but it's not enough, Mm -hmm. because what you did was you removed the protest. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has, to my knowledge, not been put back. That was Mm -hmm. not referenced in the the message, which, although he came to sort of the right position, but it's not exactly full-throated. And I think once you've messed up this badly, and by the way, chilled the speech of anybody else who mm-hmm. might want to put these posters up again, mm-hmm. exactly. parti- particularly, particularly if they have something to lose, uh, then, then you invite that speech in. You make a yeah. display of this art. Yeah. You ask about a child to come and speak to students. That would be, uh, that'd be my approach. It's, uh, you know, but the posters, of course, I mean, they are discriminatory against the regime. Yes, and he, and he makes that point. He's like, I'm, I'm Chinese born. I love my people. I hate that they have to suffer under this regime. The, the athletes who are depicted in uh, the posters have the Chinese flag on their jerseys, which mm-hmm. he says is a very specific reference to the party yeah. and the party's message and the party's, the party's crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is... Uh, and Big Brother's always watching. Yes. So So this is something sort of ongoing in that do do students feel confident that they'll that they're back they'll have their back at the at GWU after this? I I don't know that that's the case. You know, it's very funny. Um, I met recently with an old friend who is a uh, a professor at GW last week who will remain nameless, and he was assuring me that you know uh, there's a lot of schools, even ones that have fairly liberal sort of reputations where you can still find good professors, right? There are right. good and bad professors everywhere you go. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So even the big schools don't you know, lose hope because there's still good professors out there. Um, and But he said that administrators almost universally are not great <laughs> because he says because they don't <laughs> actually – no one ever aspires to be an administrator if this is what you want to do with your time. Uh. Well, I talked to uh, Sarah McLaughlin who works for FIRE, which is the mm-hmm. organization oh, sure. that does a lot of legal work on behalf of students. And she made a great uh, – she made a great observation, which is a lot of these administrators don't act like educators first. Yeah. What what they end up acting like is PR guys. Yes, and all they want to do is do something so that the tweeting mm-hmm. and the and the and the angry uh, emails stop coming. That's right. And so if they do that quickly, then maybe it'll just stop. That's actually not the answer, by the way. If you do that quickly, it will just get bigger, yeah. right? And in this case, you've. You've done something really bad. You've chilled a bunch of students' speech. Uh, I don't think they're probably confident that they could put up those posters again. And like I said, uh, as we've talked about with Rogan, whether it's you know government censorship, although I would argue that the press secretary at the White House saying Spotify should censor him is actually pretty close to, go- yeah. to government doing it. Um, even if it's not government shutting people up, the First Amendment is the first step of defending free speech. And we want to embrace it, even the stuff that's bad, because that's how free speech works. Unless it's a threat to democracy. So, uh, it was. It was. It's a disappointing incident. Mm-hmm. Although I'm glad. I am. I appreciate this statement. It's just. Yeah. Our, our, I would like to see some reflexive obsequiousness on behalf of free speech sometimes, instead of the <laughs> other way around. Uh, Good luck with that. Wrighton has an interesting history working with China yeah. as well. Because he was at uh, Washington University in St. Louis before he came here. He just got here, by the way. This uh-huh. is his first. Welcome. His first big story. Um, and he, what's what's the name of the, the alliance that he, 
that he worked on? The University Alliance of the Silk Road, which yeah. is a direct arm of China's global infrastructure initiative called the Belt and Road Initiative. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to uh, somebody from Human Rights Watch as well, and it, on a lot of campuses, it's it's tough because these these administrators are very sensitive to any accusation of mm-hmm. racism or discrimination. Or- and that can be used by bad actors, yeah. including groups that are sometimes explicitly aligned with the Chinese government. Um, several, very handy. Several of these groups, and not all of them, but several of these groups on campus uh, have been paid at times, foreign policy has reported on this, mm-hmm. paid at times to show support for various things mm-hmm. or to, to criticize various things. And they all, these students communicate on WeChat, which is a Chinese uh, messaging system on which they are monitored. So obviously being free with your thoughts is not yeah. necessarily easy. And in fact, uh, several American students or several students at American universities, including Purdue, uh, their families have gotten visits from police. It's amazing. Over things they've said in America because they've been reported back to yeah, China. Everything. Sometimes by fellow students. Uh, by the way, Mitch Daniels at, at Purdue had just the most fire response to something like mm-hmm. this happening at Purdue where he said like, look, you have freedom of speech, mm-hmm. but if you attempt to deny it to others, and if you uh, report it to other to foreign entities, you should go finish your education elsewhere because we will not have it here. And that's more what I'm looking for. He would have made a great president of the United States. I know. <laughs> I never. A, there was a couple issues. One of them was height, but there was a couple issues. I, I never miss an opportunity to to, to boost so, Mitch Daniels. Yeah, I'm know. a I'm a Mitch Daniels booster. Yeah. The short man who rides a motorcycle right. and now is the president of Purdue and does a really nice job. Yeah. He yeah. does good stuff. Yeah. He does good stuff. Um, the the mask wars. The mask wars. Uh, you know what I think we should have? We should add this. We need a Bane drop for when we talk about masks. <laughs> no one cared who I was till I put on the mask. Yes. We talk about masks yes. all the time uh-huh. now because it's such a... It's a mask update, but it's... It's a, it's a flashpoint uh-huh. in our culture. Yes. <laughs> What is happening now? Oh, so many things. Okay, let's start with this. There's a new ad out uh, from a Republican-aligned group that is uh, sort of sets the tone for what this upcoming year uh, might look like when it comes to the, the, the campaign lines being drawn on this issue. So this is an ad by, like a, a six-figure ad by The View, Good Morning America, uh-huh. and it features a bunch of kids watching from home or masked uh, a bunch of celebrities and sports figures having a lot of fun oh. unmasked. They see the excitement, reads the overlay. They see the joy. The Emmy goes to... They see what they are missing. And there they are. <laughs> In their schools with their dividers around them, sitting in hula hoops six feet from each other. Masked up. Democrats are putting kids last. Teachers unions are putting kids last. Tell them to give their child, give kids their childhood back. I'm all worked up just from just from that little clip. My blood is boiling. All right. So so obviously, you know, part, partisan ad. There are some people who've said like. This this ad isn't true. Kids aren't out of school. It's like they are, and like Flint, Michigan is still closed. Yeah. We're still mostly closed here, or have good, been since the beginning of January. Good for them. Expose that hypocrisy because it really is. They're at, you know, adults are having a great time. Everything is fine, and they're not the ones having to wear, you know, masks in some cases at ninety fives for six seven hours a day. It's bad news, including man. outside. Um, which 
again, as we have said, yeah. I would not be so anti if we had a bunch of data that said this was helpful. Mm-hmm. But we do not have that data. And Quite a, the contrary. And a bunch of people are now admitting that. And it's not a new discovery. Mm-hmm. It's just that the politics have changed. Mm-hmm. And somebody has sent out the memo that this is very bad for Democrats in a midterm year. There is a constituency that is very large for normalcy. Mm-hmm. And they are now trying to appeal to it maybe a little late. So for, first we have the the sins of Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams oh. running, running for governor in Georgia. Uh, she stepped in it this week by posing with a group of elementary school kids sitting on the floor, maskless. She's grinning. They are all completely masked. People who think like I do... <laughs> Uh, found this enraging because they're 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 all low risk. She's presumably vaccinated, I guess. The, but she's the important one, and she's an adult, so she gets to be unmasked while all the kids are masked. This maybe, is a maybe symbol. she held her breath. Yeah, this is a symbol, much like uh, Newsom at the the playoff game and Garcetti at the playoff game and mm-hmm. London Breed mm-hmm. at the playoff game. All California officials flouting mask requirements. It's a symbol of the fact that we are harder on kids than we are on adults, and that the rules should change post-vaccinations in a time when we now know, as we've known for a while, that masks are not super helpful for them. I wonder if this is going to be a turning point with that photo of Stacey Abrams, which, by the way, has now been deleted, right? Yes, so, but if, thank deleted, goodness. <laughs> deleted the tweet. It, of course, became, a, everywhere. It became a story about a Republicans pounce. Republicans pounce. Oh, the Washington Post headline seized. Yes. Republicans seizing on this, and then they think that this is silly. What 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 what's crazy is, of course, the opposite uh, critique about this is that oh, you know, isn't it silly how um, people who are anti-mask are making fun of Stacey Abrams, who doesn't wear a mask? Shouldn't they be supporting that? No, that's not the point. Live by your rules. Yeah. Live by your that's rules. What, that's what live the by the rules hypocrisy. that children have to live by. But the children okay. aren't vaccinated. So she says her response. Her response from her campaign was uh, very defensive. Said, "Oh, I can't believe you guys are making something out of this." There, a, there was a bit of a race card thrown. Um, she said she <laughs> she wore a mask during the visit and removed it for photos, according to her campaign. Great, neato. Mm-hmm. That's not the rule. That's not the rule, right? In those schools, uh, and further, uh, just last year, a baseball team in California was suspended for taking an outdoor photo maskless in 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are the mm-hmm. rules that that children must play by and the punishments for them are large. They don't they don't take their masks off all the time when they're speaking so that they can be understood, which is what Stacey Abrams says she needed. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kindergartners are like, "Welcome to the party, pal." Mm-hmm. Like I I don't get understood yeah. very easily. So that's that's the, the kids, issue. The kids are resilient, though. That's why. That's why they do it. Uh, Politico, of course, notes that it's not just Democrats taking flack for not wearing masks because Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin was confronted in a grocery store in Alexandria for not wearing a mask, where a, a woman sort of yelled across the the aisles, "Read the room, buddy. You're in Alexandria, which is a Northern Virginia of suburb. It's very mask very mask friendly." But there is no requirement that he wear no, one. That's exactly right. He's also not a mask booster. That's not that's his the thing. The difference. He's not saying please wear a mask and going to a place where a mask is required because uh, I'm pretty sure 
at these places at supermarkets. Uh, I just saw a sign, for example, uh, on the Whole Foods website where uh, their policy is that uh, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. Yeah. And so he's doing this. You cannot you cannot make the same argument against them. Well, he's he's living his values. And by not like that, right. that's what he's right. espoused. This is different if you're Stacey Abrams because you've espoused something different. Meanwhile, all over the U.S., some kind of memo went out mm-hmm. because in New Hampshire, Delaware, New Jersey, and California, yeah. they announced yesterday, sort of pulling the, the rug out from under Stacey Abrams, who was like still on the masks or really, mm-hmm. really super important uh, train. She goes down over the mask thing and then they're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to stop doing this. Congressman Ted Lieu. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Congressman Ted Lieu might as well go on Joe Rogan's show at this yeah. point with his with his medical info because now he's he's full in on natural immunity now. The internal polling on this must be amazing. It must be really bad. So New Jersey governor going to end the school mask mandate uh, in a couple weeks, second week of March. Although I heard from a New Jerseyite. Are you guys New Jerseyites? New Jerseyan. New Jerseyan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, in fact, the emergency... Uh, declaration would have expired in a couple days so what he's actually done is announced an extension but it's sort of sounding like he's backing off at any rate there might be a reprieve in march uh and then in delaware of course they've said uh we're gonna we're gonna remove requirements for indoor masking for adults february 11th children march 31st the least the least at risk group you're gonna wait until march 31st because they're still following the science. Uh, my, my, my concern is this. I mean, is this, uh, you, you mentioned this in the email, dominoes falling. Is this the beginning? Is this like fall of 89 in Eastern Europe? Is this the Velvet Revolution? <laughs> and it's happening? Because let me tell you something. If it is the Velvet Revolution and it's happening right now, uh, Arlington County in D.C. is Romania. Yeah. They, they're not going down without a fight. No, they, they will gonna not. It's going to get messy. They will not. Uh, the, the New Jersey Governor uh, Murphy says the overwhelming sentiment on both sides of the aisle is we want to get to a place where we can live with this thing in as normal a fashion as possible. That is new kinds of messaging coming and, from that side. And of the as you know, uh, in this state, uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia, Chap Peterson. Yes. A, a Democratic state senator. Yes. The, the, <sighs> yeah. the, various, the various court cases about mask mandates in districts in Northern Virginia, seven to nine mm-hmm. of them are fighting, uh, fighting the state on this. Uh, they're going through the courts. But Chap Peterson, who is this Democratic senator in, in Virginia, from Fairfax. from Fairfax, says, look, I'm a Fairfax County parent. I've never been surveyed about this. Uh, you guys are full of it. There will be legislation. So in the coming days, he says that something is... There will be legislation or I'm out of a job, is basically what he's saying, because he must know. I mean, it's I mean, obviously, there are places like here who want a mask forever because the kids and what's... Why can't we wait for it to go down a little more and a little more and just wait a little bit more before but that's we... All- the message until just we're down to zero wait, wait two weeks wait two weeks just wait two weeks wait two weeks yeah. guys um so the the rule for these various states is a little different than here because the uh the decision making would go to the mm-hmm. county and school board level as opposed to the parent level which is where mm-hmm. youngkin wants mm-hmm. it however i i didn't did you notice a, a whole wave of stories about how these how these governors are bringing death upon their citizens because no. i didn't no. see that not in those states so strange. It's so strange. The Post has been relentless on Yunkin. Every day, they're just just relentless. Honestly, I think it's because they forgot to before the election. <laughs> That's right. Again, I, I just want to say our argument when we point out these people without masks uh, is not 
that, you know... That they should mask they up should more. They should mask No, up. I don't care. That's not what I'm, we're saying. We're saying if they are, if they are not, then the kids yes. don't need to. I want, I want both the children and, yes, Gavin Newsom to enjoy their lives in a way that is totally reasonable. I said this. mask-free I said, in most places. I said this two years ago. Two years ago, by the way. Almost two. No, it's still February. So almost two years ago where everybody had to mask up and I was convinced... I said, this is like, I feel like there's going to be a moment where it's like Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters, where everybody had to wear masks because there was supposedly this deadly gas in the air, but there wasn't. And then he takes it off and he says, it's fine. The air is fine. And I feel like <laughs> saying that to all these people now, because I'll still see parents and their little kids do, going can, around there's outside plenty of opportunities masks. For it. The just, air is fine. The air is fine. <laughs> Um, of course, in California, they are they are lifting indoor ma- mask mandates. But again, the schools, <laughs> how dare you even ask? No, we're not touching those. February 15th is the date, although places with more strict rules like uh, L.A. and the Bay Area, uh, I think L.A. has already announced they're going to keep the mask mandate. Uh, you know, it's... <sighs> I'd love to know what the teachers unions are thinking right now, because I do feel like things are beginning to shift. Once you're beginning to see... These states, Democratic states, no less, finding an off-ramp. Yeah, the off-ramps. They found it. People want to find the off-ramps. Speaking of ramps, did you (laughs) see the ski jump picture from Beijing? I know we're not not watching the No, I actually have not been watching, and I I should, but There's a picture of the ski jump in Beijing that just has, like, nuclear reactor towers behind it. And if you pull oh. out from the the snowy ski jump situation facility, it's just like gray industrial yeah. awfulness yeah. around it. You're not going to uh, see a lot of cover, camera footage of that, I guess. No. And it, I was like, ooh, this is – so even though we're not watching the Olympics, a little bit of Olympics coverage. Just just to tune in yeah. to exactly what mm-hmm. is happening in That's Beijing right. that – uh, that Bade Chao has has issues with. That's right. With good reason. Um, so it turns out that uh, the Olympic athletes, I know you couldn't, who could have predicted this? <laughs> the Olympic athletes from other countries who are being tested for COVID regularly, uh-huh. and yeah. if they... If regularly. They, if they end up positive, uh, they have to be quarantined in different hotels from the Olympic Village. It's not going so well. So a couple of athletes have spoken out mm-hmm. about their treatment. They're taking all these tests. They're isolated in these rooms. Um, one Russian athlete, uh, biathlete, posted a picture of her meal that she's been given while in mm-hmm. isolation at this hotel. And it is not fit for it's a grim. world-class athlete. Uh, you cannot, as, as I was discussing as your personal coach earlier, if you don't have the right inputs, mm. you're not going to get the right outputs. That's right. Uh, the stuff, oh, that's good. I should this, use that. Yeah. <laughs> So I should make them garbage in, garbage out. That's that's, uh, that's right. So this very sparse handful of sort of miscolored pasta. That's right. A a weird what looked like raw chicken. I don't know what was on there. Was it some sauce? Yeah, it was like a pasta with an orange sauce. It was fire festival (laughs) sandwich level food for these world class class athletes who have to keep their strength up. Um, So they're stuck in these hotel rooms. One American compete. One American uh, bobsledder was saying that she was running drills in her room, just trying to sprint there because she's not allowed to leave. Um, and now they're saying, look, I'm, they don't even understand the testing process. I don't believe in anything anymore and no tests, no games. It's a big joke for me. This is a, a Polish athlete yeah. <laughs> speaking out, which understandably, because there's a there's an authoritarian regime giving you your tests and they have 
all the motivation in the world mm-hmm. to tell you you're positive, don't right. they? That's so interesting. So interesting. Uh, yeah. How many Chinese athletes are in these yeah. COVID hotels? I, well, I, I don't know I if don't you know, know this. I actually don't know. But China's really good at keeping the numbers down. Mm-hmm. The COVID numbers are 4, very 000. low. It's only 4,000 who died, They're I think. very low. Yeah. Just trust the party. Zero COVID policy works. Yep. Uh, the reason why, by the way, I said uh, that I should be watching, a friend of mine uh, is there, uh, not as an athlete, uh, but as a cameraman. Uh, but I, I don't want to text him. Uh, he's been texting like, oh, you know, they, I, I don't want to text because I think they're reading the – I think they can – Oh, yeah. You know, does he have his – I don't know if it's a burner. I think it's his regular phone. He needs a burner. I know. Well, <laughs> he should be home soon. No, nevertheless, I'm like, get, I'm not com- – no commenting. Get that Everyone's in a like, flip yeah. phone. Yeah. yeah. No. No, you don't, you don't, you yeah. don't want to be part of that. Um, so the IOC is allegedly addressing these concerns, which, of course, no one could have seen coming. Uh, someone, someone tweeted something that I thought was interesting, which was there's a story from the 2008 Beijing mm-hmm. Olympics about um, Usain Bolt eating 100 chicken nuggets a day. Yeah. Now, he set a record at that Olympics, very successful, but he said at the time that the 100 chicken nuggets were all he could trust not to mess with him. That, of the amazing. food he could access. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. again, your personal coach, eat 100 yeah. nuggets a day if you want to be as fast as Usain Bolt. I think that's the that's takeaway what I, here. You know what? Is that the takeaway? I'm going to start and see if I can run as fast as he can. But I'll start with the 100 nuggets first. <laughs> um, well, Michael Phelps, he used to eat like a machine, you oh know, in gosh. order to do that. But if you're going to end up in one of these countries like or go to Beijing, well, then all bets are off. Yeah, right? you packed your food, man. I mean, it's, it, it seems like not a not a pleasant experience over there. A, and- ver- a very good friend of mine, by the way, uh, when he was in China in the 90s, they were on a train and somebody brought in and said, hey, I just bought this watermelon. And they had the watermelon, except for him. Yeah. They all got violently ill. Oh. And the suspicion, of course, is that it's, you know, that they grow it in night soil. So Ooh. just leave it at that Ooh. in any event. It doesn't seem pleasant over there. And the, uh, the ratings are reflecting that. Um, a lot of people are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. With this, I mean, it's a, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of China through its irresponsibility and lying, unleashing yeah. this virus on the world that has shut down major economies the world over, killed what are it, millions of people at this point, mm-hmm. and we're just all going to show up there and do the Olympics. That's and what we're going to do. Millions of dollars in ads. Again, I say we should have just recruited Mitt Romney to make a real quick Olympics. Come to Utah. We can handle it. We have the facilities. That's right. I can do this. Mitt Romney <laughs> could do it. Uh, NBC is facing a cataclysmic loss of audience for the 2022 Winter Olympics as viewership tanked for Friday's opening ceremony. That was last week, averaging just 16 million. So I look. I'm not rooting for NBC's demise here, but I, I think it's good when the market shows that people are not. Yeah. happy with this. I would love to know why, if it's really because of the boycott. I mean, is that really happening, that the awareness is working? I, uh, or I is it know. because it's Winter Games versus Summer Games? <laughs> I mean, win- Winter Games is part of it. Winter Games is part of it. But right. I, I do think the, the, the coming together of the uh, anniversary of Corona's mm-hmm. uh, arrival at our doorsteps yeah. and the Beijing, Beijing mm-hmm. Olympics mm-hmm. is a little, mm-hmm. it's a little much. Yeah. So is that we, we need our friend Christian Soltis Anderson to do a poll. If we you're not do. watching the Olympics, why not? And then break it then. Christian Soltis Anderson does have information oh. on this. Our friend Kristen says, uh, the Beijing Games of 2022 are not happening in the same environment as the Beijing Games of 2008. 
Public opinion worldwide and in the U.S. has soured. Today, 90% of Americans say that China does not respect the personal freedoms of its people. And while most Americans aren't really paying much attention to the diplomatic boycott of the games, Pew finds they generally lean toward thinking it's a good idea when pressed for an opinion. So, Thank you, Kristen. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's just a general ick. That yeah. doesn't feel good. That's right. Right? And I, know, I, do, yeah. I do think it's disappointing this is this is no new revelation. It's disappointing that something that can feel so beautiful and unifying, like yeah. the Olympic Games, uh, is run by such an incredibly, irretrievably corrupt organization like the IOC. Yeah, which is why it's in Beijing. Yeah, because yeah. that's a lot of money. That's right. That's right. And and so as you know, I mean, the, for example, uh, the congressman from uh, uh, from Florida, the Republican congressman Michael Waltz, spent a lot of money to put an ad together, critical of the Olympics, and NBC is not going to run that ad because yeah. they mention. The sponsors. By the way, the the this is all uh, what it's about. The Chinese government had a had a Uyghur uh, athlete light the torch. Uh, yes, they also had uh, a real cynical move, and then had uh, the the formerly missing tennis star oh. uh, has now renounced. Or, Renounces that the yeah, word? Never, it never happened. Yes. She Re- retracted her yeah. uh, sexual assault allegations right. against That's a right. member of the party, which. Uh, with the, you, you can get people to say a lot of things when you're threatening their lives and their families. With the Uyghur athlete, and we pointed this out at the Beacon, Savannah Guthrie, you know, at NBC, her comment while covering this was, quote, this moment is quite provocative. It's a statement from the Chinese president, Xi Jinping. It's an in-your-face response to those Western nations, including the U.S., who have called this Chinese treatment of the of the Uyghurs genocide and diplomatically boycotted these games. Yes, in-your-face, your America. And then she disappeared. In your uh, face, people who don't like genocide. She's literally gone. D- really? They like. She went back home. Oh, she was they, like yeah. put in the spotlight, and now she's like, yeah. no, like, oh no, they they didn't do a, a whole media rollout. My for her? understanding no. so is surprised. a lot of the crew is there just for opening, and then they're gone. So yes, I don't, I don't think a lot of the NBC folks are actually even no, in Beijing. No, no. They're the stars. They're just like us. They watch it on TV, and then they talk about it. Sometimes you don't even watch it. Okay, sorry. (laughs) All right. Oh, New York City. New mayor. Eye on the ball. Eye on the ball, Vic. Let me tell you what is happening. Yes. With everything that's going on in this city. Such nothing but good things happening. Uh, New York City public schools are going vegan on Fridays. It's a new policy from Mayor Eric Adams. School cafeterias will serve only vegan food with the exception of milk, a result of USDA guidelines. Menu offerings in February include black bean and plantain rice bowls, Mediterranean chickpeas, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. The policy strengthens the move to, quote, meatless Monday and Friday school lunches instituted by former mayor Bill de Blasio. Wait, do they have two days that are meatless? That means, yes, that's right, Mondays and Fridays. Soon, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And then we'll just be eating... uh, Tofu and garbanzo beans and kale. Look, there's a lot of other things going on in the city, and particularly with like the what? city, the, particularly with the city's schools that could come before this crusade. Which, and this is a thing that annoys me about politicians. Michael Bloomberg did a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Just because this is your personal thing, you're into. Oh, so into it. Does not mean that everyone else has to be into it. Much like masking, if that's your thing and you're into it, you. Do right. that. You get that fitted in 95 and you enjoy your life, but m- I don't have to be into it. Same with the vegan food. Same with the vegan food, Eric Adams. So 
he this began when he was a uh, a Brooklyn Borough mm-hmm. president. He was very into it. This is reporting by the Free Beacon. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, and he he credits it with with getting his weight down and sure. uh, and and uh, reversing a diagnosis of diabetes mm-hmm. type two. Still doesn't mean it needs to be city policy. It's uh, really going to be something else for these kids. They have so much to look forward to. Cops are getting shot. You know, and people are being pushed onto some, even though the people say, oh, it's exaggerated. Oh. It's in your head. You know, people are not. I don't know that it's all yeah, the way yeah, exaggerated. That's right. Um, I do want The numbers are up a lot. I do want to point out that when I grew up, um, my grade school, we did have vegan days. It's when they, they said it was chicken rondelay, but we used to call it rubber on a raft. Oh, delicious. Yeah, it was really quite delightful. Um, were you a bring lunch kid no, or a buy lunch no, kid? No, 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 no. I am because I want to know. Oh, well. For me, having grow, grown up, you know, in a Filipino household, right. uh, the food at grade school was things I'd never had before. Oh. So like an open-faced roast beef sandwich with the gravy <laughs> and, and like a mashed potato. We only get maybe mashed potatoes once a year, like for Thanksgiving. Right. So You're like, like, bring so, me the white people food. Oh my gosh, white people food. It was so <laughs> exciting. Hoagie? Oh. Man, it's like where where have you been all my life? These exotic open faced sandwiches. No, yes, the open faced roast beef, open faced turkey, meatball sandwich, and then you know there was always always a fish Friday, which is you know because it's yeah. a Catholic school, so it's either pizza or it's one. So I was because I just what do we have peas? Just you know like or, or like the corn to peas? Like you know, what about you? You know what I really liked? So I was a I was a by lunch kid um, uh-huh. because my mother, who is like one of the sweetest women in the whole world. But I guess she had very high standards for me. She she cut me off of that uh, homemade lunch oh. at a like first grade. She was like, "You're gonna make your own if if you wow. take it." Wow, first grade. Uh, now I do remember there was a heyday. There was a brief brief heyday That's in impressive. kindergarten. That's so impressive. And I carried. A, I remember I carried a little pink lunchbox with white hearts on it. Um, oh, actually, my hold on, hold on. Let me adjust my first lunchbox in kindergarten, which I'm very proud of. Yeah. Was a tin, nineteen eighty five Gremlins lunchbox <laughs> because I was a badass. <laughs> so I took that lunchbox and my mom. It's I guess because so I was the first and it was like, oh, I'm off yes. to school. Oh, I got bomb lunches for one year. They had Doritos snack packs in them. They had they oh. had pudding cups in oh. them. They had oh. everything. I was the envy of this elementary school, and then I was cut off. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, for, she was like, ah, I got three kids. I can't do this. <laughs> for our our kids, uh, my son refuses to buy lunch. He always insisted because he doesn't – when he was in the other school, he said that he didn't know how to use the card. And I'm like, it's not hard. You just, you know, oh, no, no, no. I, I can't do it. I it's can't do it. It's too much for me. It's too much for me. So, you know, Kate will just, oh, I'll make you lunch. She's like this. Uh, for me, if I have to do it, like uh, my daughter, for example, she, she she can go either way, right? So what I'll do is I'll, we'll find out what the lunch is of the day, and then I'll give it the hard sell, like it's the, like the uh, special of the nice. day. I go, ooh, fish treasures, <laughs> sounds exciting, you know. And fish then usually sometimes it works. Sometimes delicious. It works. Oh, yeah. my kids. I should. I'm talking joke about my mom. My kids are already cut off. My kindergartner makes her. Own oh, lunch. that's so impressive. <laughs> she makes her. They oh, both make their own lunch. Good for them. Um, sometimes we fight about it, but it's fine. Uh, so they make them. Usually they buy them, but. Because of the surge, they're doing mm. different lunch things. Anyway, when I was in elementary school, and I know this is gross, my favorite thing, aside from square pizza, super, super greasy, I like which that. is like number I, one I, on I everyone's like list pizza. on Friday. Uh, but I liked the industrial can of super, super buttered weird spinach. 
and they would glop it on their plate, oh. and I thought it was delicious. I would still eat it if I could find that industrial can and serve it up for me. We like never Popeye got. Style. I, I did Popeye's like the Popeye the Sailor <laughs> Man. Like, yeah, yeah like, like, like it's just like just like gross. That's horrible. No, we never got spinach. that. <laughs> that we, I'm giving Alex an aneurysm. <laughs> that we never got. Um, one time, uh, and you know, it was a strict Catholic school, so that you could not leave the lunchroom to go to the playground for recess until you finished your tray. Oh. And one time I got, um, I thought it was mashed potatoes. It was potato salad and it was cold. So you know what I did? Just took the whole thing and put it in my pocket. Oh, gross. And then and went out. So like, well, I'm done, Sister Jean. So I went out. <laughs> and then and then like later, like I, I threw it in the hamper at home in the laundry. Oh, gross. And my mother found it a couple of days later. Sorry. We Sorry, didn't, We didn't have any such rules, but yeah. I, I did. Like Shawshank I, in that school. I used to save yeah. up to buy yeah. uh, chocolate milk. I remember that. Like, mm. I would, it, had, it was an extra oh, little, oh, yeah. 10 yeah, cents yeah, or something. Sure. So oh. I, would, I would save up to do that. That was fun. Um, and also, in well, you went to Catholic schools. So you, mm-hmm. you guys probably had better stuff. Yeah. Um, did you ever drink the super, super watered down Orange ga- Gatorade yes. that they give yes. you? Yes. <laughs> in or, public schools. Sugar. There's no vitamin C in there, by the way. No. There's no vitamin C. That stuff is. I mean, it was like, in again, I industrial, like barrels oh, of the stuff, oh, and oh. it barely tastes like fruit, like just a little, like, little bit. It was like flat sun kissed. <laughs> it was like flat sun. It was so good. In high school, I'm playing, you know, ninety minutes of soccer. Like, yeah, this is helping. Mm-hmm. Well, it gave you your energy. Yeah, so you much know, energy. Uh, like garbage in, garbage, garbage out. out. No, no, it's all good. It's all good going out. Um, okay, before we go, I do have to. So I want to issue an apology. Uh, in case uh, any of our new listeners. So I mentioned, you know, um, from time to time, I go to this uh, coffee place called the Starnut where my father-in-law will get his coffee after I drop my son off at the bus stop. He's there. So I say, oh, I'll see him for coffee. And he's usually hanging out with some of his fellow parishioners from the uh-huh. morning mass, uh, an older group. So it came out that I was doing this show with you. And uh-huh. they all get very excited because they all know you, right? Nice. They, they They love Mary Catherine Ham. And so I'm telling the story. I said, oh, it was so funny. I said, yeah, you know, in fact, we had this funny thing the other day where they were teasing me because I had, you know, turned, uh, I, I, you know, I had a birthday. Yeah. And, 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 they, and they said, and you made the joke about hanging out with older. I said, yeah. I said that the key to when you get older is uh, to not feel as old as you hang around with older people. And then, of course, I'm looking around this group. You know, and I'm like the oldest person. And they were like looking at me. And I said, oh, but then she said, that's why you're hanging out with, you know, that she hangs out with me and Alex. And all. It was really funny. And they're just looking at me like, <laughs> wait a minute. You, Hold on you one know, second. Mother. And that's, that, that was. That's, why my, that's, why, that's why my husband married me as well. He's four years younger. I can't tell with him. I can't tell. He's, he, he's, he's like timeless. That's what he says. The, because, kid, the kids yeah. are like, tell us about when you were a baby. And he's like, I was like, never a baby. I, don't, I, I appeared fully formed on this earth. That's yeah, what he no, tells th- them. That's really funny because he's like, he's like, he's like a G.I. Joe doll. <laughs> the, the beard and everything. Okay. That Alleg- wraps up. Allegedly, he has always been. <laughs> Another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. Tell your friends. I'm Mary Catherine Ham. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. I'm doing reels now. I don't know. Whatever. People my age do this stuff because they're too old for TikTok, but we can sort of fake it on Instagram. So we're doing that. You guys should check it out. Uh, and I have a Substack, which is also MK Hammer Time, where I will be writing about uh, about a child this week. So 
Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for recommending to friends. We appreciate it. Garbage in, garbage out, y'all. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.